Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's March 5th, and it's Friday. We made it. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. The generational divide over Governor Andrew Cuomo's behavior. Plus, robots are coming to a sidewalk near you. But first, today's one big thing, vaccine tourism. This week, President Joe Biden said there'll be enough vaccines for every adult in the U.S. by the end of May. And for many, that can't come soon enough. Some people are even crossing state lines to get vaccines. Take Ohio, for example. As Axios' healthcare reporter Marisa Fernandez reports, more than 30,000 people have traveled to Ohio to be vaccinated. Hey, Marisa, so how did all those people get a vaccine in Ohio? Do they just kind of show up? So... The ethics kind of boils down to this huge frustration between two pockets of people, right? The groups that are blatantly trying to skip the line ahead of their eligibility. So those are the stories that we've been seeing are like the wealthy couples taking the private jets to Florida. Experts have been telling me that those flashy headlines take away from the most common trend we're seeing is people that are frustrated or confused as to why their local rollouts and prioritization of certain groups are happening the way they are. And then hearing word of mouth that a rural county two states over has more vaccine than, you know, the people that are there or that their age cohort or medical condition qualifies elsewhere and are taking it into their own hands and driving to that place. And is that still the case in Ohio or have they put in place restrictions that limit who can go there? So in the case of Ohio, there hasn't really been a lot of restrictions. Florida is a really great example of implementing residency requirements. From a legal standpoint, there are some limits on the extent to which you can prioritize people based on where they are. I wonder if there are people who are listening thinking the whole goal is to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Does it matter if they're going to another county or another state to do that? That is definitely an argument, which is why it's so enticing to just drive two states over. At the same time, we're left with pockets of people who can't really go out of their way to try and find the vaccine. So these are people who are left without supply that can't get it, or they are just not necessarily people that are going to naturally seek the vaccination out. If we only just take the people who are highly motivated, we are leaving out huge populations of people that we're trying to vaccinate, like elderly people who can't drive, immigrant populations, people with disabilities. The big question that I have is, regardless of all of these ethical considerations, which I think are really valid questions, are we vaccinating people fast enough to prevent a fourth wave of coronavirus cases in the U.S.? That is the million-dollar question, isn't it? So right now, the CDC announced that the U.S. is administering an average of 2 million doses a day. A month ago, I believe we were at 1.3 million a day. It is ticking up. The problem is you have states like Texas and Mississippi and even West Virginia that's considering it now relaxing mask mandates. Marisa Fernandez is an Axios healthcare reporter. Speaking of COVID, how are the latest stimulus talks going? We'll be back in 15 seconds with an update. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to Axios Today. It's Friday, which means we're bringing a wrap-up of what you might have missed this week in politics. Today, how New York is responding to accusations against Governor Cuomo and the status of the stimulus. When are you going to get those checks? Elena Treen is a White House and congressional reporter with Axios. Good morning, Elena. Good morning, Nyla. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Can you start by giving us a smart brevity version of the status of the next COVID stimulus bill? Well, it's kind of a mess right now for anyone paying attention in Washington. Republicans are making the passage of this bill as painful as possible for Democrats. And they're essentially just dragging out the debate and the reading of the bill. It's, it's a mess on the Hill. Democratic leadership assures me that they think that they're still on track to pass this by the end of next week. And of course, the March 14th, which is at the end of next week, is a key deadline for when a lot of the existing coronavirus benefits from previous packages expire. The next big story in politics you've been covering is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. I wanted to ask you how different generations are reacting to the allegations of sexual abuse and his announcement that he's not going to resign. I do think that different generations view it differently. And I've, I've seen this through my conversations with people on Capitol Hill, the younger lawmakers like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and more progressive people on the Hill versus those who have been here for several years and have probably seen a lot of this conduct on Capitol Hill. They're just responding to it very differently. With the latter half of your question, Nyla, the governor is someone who's weathered a lot of storms and political scandals in his past. He's a Cuomo. His father's been in it. His family's been in the spotlight for many years. From my conversations with people involved in New York politics, with New York lawmakers on Capitol Hill, no one was expecting him to quit. We know the news cycle is a lot, as evidenced by what we just talked about. So I wonder if we can wrap up with a more lighthearted story in politics. And Elena, I'm thinking about Boris Johnson, the UK prime minister, has just announced he's lost about 14 pounds. What is his secret? He gave up late night cheese and chocolate. 14 pounds is quite a bit of weight. I eat, I mean, tons of cheese and chocolate. I'm wondering how that would affect my diet. Um, but good for him. And congrats to Boris Johnson for um, his new health journey. Yeah, it's going to be, I would never give up late night cheese. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I can't imagine even any cheese in any part of the day. So um, Godspeed to him. Um, I, I feel much more energetic. I feel uh, full of beans and I thoroughly, thoroughly uh, recommend it. Elena Treen covers Congress and the White House for Axios. Elena, have a good weekend. Thanks, Nyla. Have a good weekend, too. Small delivery robots have been popping up in cities like Berkeley and Pittsburgh. Now, Pennsylvania has already passed a new law classifying robots as pedestrians. Axios's Jennifer Kingston is here to tell us what this could mean for our sidewalks. So when we say sidewalk robots, what are we talking about? What do they look like? They're kind of suitcase size. They're undeniably cute. It's a question of whether we want to share our space with them. And this is also being used by companies like Amazon or FedEx for delivering packages as well? 
Amazon and FedEx are really eager to deliver our stuff to us in an age where we all want more stuff delivered to us. They've been lobbying for these laws that we're seeing now, including the one where Pennsylvania describes robots as pedestrians. We'll see more going on in this space very soon. Axios City's newsletter writer, Jennifer Kingston. Before we go, here's a sneak peek about what's coming up tomorrow. I am very, very concerned today about whether or not we are going to coalesce around passing the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is really the modernization of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Yes, that's right. I said tomorrow because we have a special Saturday podcast. It's a conversation between senior statesman South Carolina Representative James Clyburn and New York's freshman representative Mondaire Jones. It's part of our Hard Truth series examining systemic racism. That's all for us this week. Every Friday, I get to tell you the names of the rest of the Axios Today team. Today, we can't end without saying thanks and goodbye to our senior producer, Carol Wu. Carol has been here from the beginning, and we're so grateful for all of her hard work on this podcast and wish her well. We're also produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Naomi Shaven, Amy Padula, and Alice Wilder. Our mix engineer is Alex Sugiara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah Kehilani Gu is our executive editor. And special thanks to Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Leetal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And I hope you enjoy your weekend. <laughs>